Hey there, everyone. Thank you so much for coming into the channel. It is officially that time for WWE NXT Halloween Havoc. We are going to be chatting about everything that went down here on the show. Now, before we get started, I have a very, very special guest. I'm so happy that he said yes to doing the show with me, and I cannot wait to bring him on. You saw him just a little bit ago on the NXT pre-show, but here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Roberts. What's up, Sam? Hey, thanks for having me. I'm sorry I'm not in my Stone Cold outfit anymore. I hope I didn't disappoint uh, you, but uh, thank you for having me, and thank you for waiting uh, for a couple minutes for me. No, seriously, it was definitely well worth the wait. Although I got to tell you, I am a little disappointed that we're not getting the Stone Cold look, man. You were rocking it today. Yeah, once the adrenaline kind of uh, uh, wore out and the show was over, I realized how uncomfortable those knee braces were, which you couldn't even see on camera. But I did have two knee braces and black boots on under my jorts. That so... just shows how devoted you were that you actually did the knee braces, even though they weren't going to come out on camera. No, there's, yeah, it was essential. There was no way I was doing it without two knee braces, but you can get on Amazon. I didn't know that. <laughs> exactly. Oh my God. That's so awesome. All right. So before we get into everything, just a heads up to everybody here watching live right now. If you do want to go ahead and support this show, you are no more welcome than just to like, not just subscribe to the channel because we just hit 70,000 subscribers, but also send in a super chat. Like my good friend here, Steven, who actually got us started with our first super, super chat of the night saying, uh, let's get this party started. Hell yeah. So Sam, the pro show today, the pre-show, excuse me. That was a lot of fun. You were there with your Stone Cold outfit. Uh, you were there with Dave LaGreca. You were there with Mackenzie Mitchell. Uh, tell us a little bit about what your day has been like, especially given that not only did you get to watch the show, but you were also doing the pre-show, and then here you are now doing the post-show. I mean, it's so so much fun. It's the, it's the most fun thing in the world to get to do these pre-shows, especially with NXT now, just because I've gotten to see how the building has developed and the fan base has developed, you know, I kind of started, I was doing pre-shows pretty early on, you know, when we were still pandemic E and I don't, I may have done one when there was nobody there. And I definitely did a bunch of sprinkling people in and spring people in. And then the launch of 2.0 and bringing it back. And I, I've just noticed maybe the last three specifically, I've really felt this like, major major uh uh uptick in in kind of a fan community that are going to the arena that it doesn't it's not it doesn't it, it, there's nothing it feels alive it feels excited like the people are really in to everything that's happening and that made me super happy because i know how hard everybody at nxt works to to maintain that vibe in circumstances that are not always ideal um yeah so i mean and it's also to me, it's like as a fan, kind of such like a privilege to be able to watch these premium live events live in that building. Because unless, you know, you live in Orlando, like, no, it's the only place they are. Nobody's going to see those shows. I'm sure they're, I'm sure you would have loved to have like go see Halloween Havoc live or whatever. If it were in an arena, you know, a lot of people would be there. But the fact that, yeah, I've gotten to see, I got to see tonight's show and so many other shows live in the building is such a, is such a cool experience that's not lost on me. 
Yeah, it definitely feels intimate too, because like you said, you have this like constant fans that are going to the shows and it kind of feels like a family now at this point. Uh, it's like a special thing to get to go to the CWC and be able to actually watch the show. So it is pretty cool that, you know, a lot of people are sort of used to that and you get to experience that as well. And that's always, you know, really awesome to see. So before we get into every single match, I do want to ask you though, uh, how did you feel about the night overall? Because uh, a lot of people usually tune into these shows that maybe they don't watch NXT on a weekly basis so to tune into the actual you know the big pay-per-views the big shows for them uh it's sometimes a big introduction into a lot of the people that they don't know just yet so for you how do you think the show represented in terms of like the new viewers that were watching tonight well i think that's a great point and i think that that these nxt premium live events have become sort of like marking posts to what the progress of the brand is. You know, I mean, the brand took such a, a sharp turn a year ago, a little over a year ago, and brought in a new influx of talent that had very little television experience. And it was just like, okay, it's it, it, we're almost starting from scratch. You know, we have we have Champa still here and, and, and Cameron Grimes and a couple of guys like that. But for the most part, in terms of building stars, we're only building stars. And you remember that first episode of 2.0 uh, for a lot of fans, it was almost overwhelming. They're like, why is there? There's 19 debuts on this show. And it's because, yeah, we are redoing the whole roster. And I was, I can't remember who it was, but I was remarking to somebody today that was really cool is that like, you look at a show like today's and you can see the insane amount of progress that these people have made, these men and women have made in a really short amount of time. The fact that Braun Breaker is like holding his own, standing toe to toe, doing this great match with guys like Ilya Dragunov and JD McDonough is like insane for the amount of time that Braun Breaker has been wrestling. Like it's, it's so crazy. So yeah, I was I was really happy. I, I I loved the the energy going into the show, like with the kind of blitz uh, that they did with the media and, uh, you know, a lot of interviews and Sean being out there in the press way more than ever before, kind of explaining like how important NXT is and, and how they view NXT and where NXT fits the new WWE landscape that we're observing. And I think that that was really well represented tonight that if you look at it, it's like, okay, we're getting, we're getting, we're inching towards this point where it's like, Oh, are we getting back to this era where like these NXT shows are just dope match, dope match, dope match, dope match and out. Exactly. And that was one of the things too, even if you're watching the show, like each and every single week, there were a lot of matches today that, uh, you know, even just like, I know we're going to go through them all one by one, but legitimately there were some matches here where I thought, man, this person really came out and really showed out tonight. Like just off the top of my head, obviously that uh, main event was really phenomenal. It definitely just like took the show, I think to a, a whole other level. And you know that when you close out the show, what you close out the show with is very important. Cause that's, what's going to, 
stay in the fans memory and with this main event I thought it was really freaking great but even just like seeing uh, Julius Creed out there Damon Kemp and seeing them go out there and you know these are guys that are still fairly new into you know NXT obviously they've been you know doing their thing for a bit more so Damon Kemp a little bit newer than uh, you know Julius but regardless still new even with the ladder match which we're going to get right into right now a lot of these guys that uh, you know we're just seeing what they can really do especially at this uh, type of caliber for the uh, you know the PLE so with that being said Let's kick it off. Let's kick it off with the uh, with the ladder match, because this is the match that when I asked people on social media, Sam, I said, what's your favorite match of the night? What's the match that you most loved? So many people were giving me the North American title championship match, and a lot of people were putting this one over. And you had just a bunch of young guys. You had Nathan Frazier. You had Oro Menza, Carmelo Hayes, Wes Lee, who ended up winning the entire thing, and Von Wagner. So I want to start off by saying, that this match, uh, with a lot of people putting it over, I'm glad that they are because you just saw every guy really go in there and kind of have a different moment for themselves and just pull out all of these different uh, high-caliber spots. And I will say this, the person that I thought really stood out to me was Nathan Frazier. After his third match that he did with Axiom, I became like a big-time fan of Nathan Frazier after that match. But then he, he go, him going into this match, I really noticed that he was just like going just – you know, from spot to spot in the ring. It was absolutely insane. So with that being said, Sam, how did you feel about this match? How did you feel about the guys and, you know, everything that they did uh, in this opener to really make it as hot as it was and and so many people liking it? I thought it was great. You know, I, it, it's one of those where it's like, you know, you have a bunch of different guys in that match that it's a good news, bad situation. The good news is you've got this insane opportunity, right? Like we're putting you on Halloween Havoc, which is I would say probably the second biggest NXT show of the year at this point uh, in this ladder match, which is something the multi-man ladder match is something that NXT has become kind of known for. And it's like, boom, you like, and it's a title match and, and a lot of eyes are going to be on it. Here's the bad news. It's totally sink or swim like this. The expectations are all the way up here. So if you can deliver on those expectations, boom, you've got people talking about you immediately. But you've got to deliver on the expectations. And I thought that that was the case for like a guy like Nathan Fraser, right? It's like we've been watching this build, this build, this build with the matches with Axiom, and it's like, man, he's special. Like, man, this is cool. But what's he going to do in the ladder match, right? The ladder match is where it's like, okay, prove it. And he proves it. And you're like, oh, man, that's awesome. Or like even Wesley, right, who's been around the block. The story of him and him existing without a tag partner, right? And this idea that like he now has to stand out as a singles star through no choice of his own through no choice of the audience, just it, the very real, the storyline is the very real life of this is just where we're at. This is just how the cards were played. And now can you do it? And I think the, the story that he took us all on through that match, like the insane stuff that he was doing in there. And then listening to the fact that the audience was behind him when he won, the audience was happy when he won. I was like, yes, that's, that's, that's what it's all about. I, I felt really good for, for. 
And that's the thing, too, is that Wesley has, you know, he's always been popular, obviously, with MSK. You know, they they were hot. They were, you know, a great tag team. They were doing their thing. And, you know, what happened with that happened with that. And afterwards, Wesley was kind of, you know, watching every week. I kind of felt like we were seeing uh, different shades of Wesley. It felt like he was kind of floating, trying to find his trying to find his groove on the roster. And I remember like people like really rooting for him and wanting to see him succeed. He cut that very emotional promo that he did uh, not too long ago, you know, where he was talking about, you know, everything that's happened for him. And so for, for him to actually win this match, I kind of thought like, this is exactly what he needed. Like this finally feels like there is more of a purpose now for Wesley. And I truly felt like any guy could have really had it here because Carmelo Hayes was a really great NXT North American champion. I thought he was phenomenal, but at the same time, I knew I had a feeling he, he wasn't going to be the one winning tonight just because it's kind of like, okay, we We've already been there, done that, seen that with Carmelo Hayes. So I was expecting somebody different to win. And my like prediction heading into this was it's either going to be Wesley or it's going to be Nathan Frazier. And I was cool with either one of those. So when Wesley got his moment, I thought it was just like, finally, I feel like there is going to be something uh, new on his horizon for us to see uh, in regards for Wesley on the roster. And there were just some really awesome spots that they did throughout the entire night. I think this was definitely uh, a win and kind of just showed a little bit of what you can expect for like the future of the guys on NXT. Yeah. And also like, you know, with MSK and the rascals before that, it was like how much, because you saw the celebrations on Twitter, right? You saw Zach Wentz is tweeting about like, yo, that's my best friend. And like Trey Miguel is like sending out tweets where in, I think he's in Las Vegas, like watching Halloween Havoc on his phone. And it's like, this isn't, this isn't a wrestling thing. This isn't like a gimmick. This isn't like a promoter put a couple of guys together. Like this is like, brother stuff like this is real life like these guys love each other like in a real way and i mean i don't know like it's nice i'm to smiling see, right? right and if i'm right i'm like like a like a like a cold-hearted bad person so like if i'm You're smiling so cold. <laughs> I can't, how can you not though how can you how can yes. you not how can you not smile that's really great, man. I can't wait to see uh, what goes down with Wesley as champion. But let's go ahead and move on from here. Uh, let's get into the second match of the night. Uh, so we had, this was the spin the wheel, make the deal match. So we didn't know what the stipulation was going to be for Apollo Crews and Grayson Waller. And it ended up being a casket match. Now, before we get into the actual, you know, everything that kind of went down with the actual match, I want to ask you because we know that NXT is a developmental brand that, you know, you're supposed to be seeing people go from NXT to Raw and SmackDown. And aside from Mandy Rose, one of the people that we've seen go from, you know, the main roster to NXT is Apollo Crews. And I spoke to Apollo Crews and he told me that he was so happy given where he was on the main roster that he was just, he, he felt like a little bit, um, like he wasn't doing much on the main roster and he felt like he finally got an opportunity to show who he is a little bit more in this recent feud that he's been doing with Grayson Waller. Uh, with that being said, Sam, what have you felt about Apollo Crews over on NXT and what he's and everything that he's been doing with Grayson Waller. I, I I'm happy for Apollo Cruz. It's weird, right? It's like, it's, it's weird. And I had a, I actually had a conversation with Apollo Cruz about it today. Like the, the sort of like 
dark side of Apollo that we're seeing, right? And that sort of mysticism and, and almost like there's an evil to Apollo that I, I think is is good for Apollo, one, because it's so different. He hasn't done anything like this before. And two, because it's not something we would expect. Like, we can't, like, oh, like, I didn't see that coming. You know, we've seen Apollo really just be a guy who smiles and has great matches. We've seen Apollo adopt his Nigerian and and turn it into his entity. But, like, this idea that, like, Grayson Waller thumbed him in the eye and it just, like, something in his brain just twitched. And all of a sudden, like, there's this sort of kind of dark brooding side to Apollo, which is great because somebody that's as big as Apollo Crews, that's as athletic as Apollo Crews. The question is like, what happens when this guy really stops smiling? And I feel like that's the Apollo Crews we're getting in NXT right now. And I think that that's, that's cool because it's different for us and it's different for him. It certainly is different for him. And I even told him, like, I didn't even know that you could, like, do this stuff. When he was going head-to-head against Grayson Waller and they were throwing shots at one another and Grayson Waller was like, you couldn't cut it on the main roster and now you're on NXT and this and that. And then Apollo Crews was, like, firing back at him. I really liked that exchange. And I told him, like, I didn't even know that you could do that. He's like, I didn't even know that I could do that either. So it is kind of cool to, you know, be able to see this different side of Apollo Crews. And even Grayson Waller, because Grayson Waller is an interest guy I feel that he is you know he's already got the mic stuff down man he is so good at getting the people to just get like super pissed off and fired up you know when he's there and then he did this whole thing with AJ Styles that I just think kind of gave him a little bit of that you know he got a little bit of that rub from AJ Styles which was definitely good so even seeing him incorporated into the speed with Apollo Crews I just feel like it was something that I started to look forward to on NXT every week so they're doing this casket match and for the most part, I thought, man, the thing I think I wanted to see more from this match was just maybe a little bit more of the violence in terms of their feud leading up to this. I mean, you got the bloody eye, you got one guy trying to make the other guy go, you know, lose his vision, whatever it is that, you know, they're, they were doing there. So I did think this match could have just been a tad bit more violent, but I did like everything that they did here. I loved the, you know, them basically, um, having the spot where Grayson Waller puts Apollo Crews through the coffin, breaks the coffin, but they don't count that whatsoever. So it kind of had you going, wait, what now? So should it count? Should it not count? And might even have some people torn on that. And so I did think that was interesting. Uh, Apollo Crews getting the win, I thought was definitely the right way to go about it. I loved the way that he chokeslammed Grayson uh, right into that coffin, into the casket. So it was a lot of fun. But I did think we needed a little bit more violence for the story that they had been telling. How did you feel about this casket match? Yeah, and and and, and what my favorite part was when he went through the coffin and Booker T's going, "It's over! Yeah, come on, man! It's over! He's in the coffin! It's over!" And Vic's like, "No, he didn't get to shut the lid." Yeah, I totally, uh, I I totally see what you're saying uh, about the violence. It's almost one of those things where you go, "Okay, if we do that." Does it take away from the violence in the Julius Creed, uh, uh, Damon Kemp match? Right. You go like, like, how do we tell a story that's that same sort of blood feud without stepping on toes of another one? 
And that's where I think they're like, what if we had druids? <laughs> and the druids come out and like really throw a monkey wrench in the whole thing. Um, yeah, I, I, I hope to your point. I hope that we're only seeing the beginning of this sort of more potentially violent side of Apollo Crews, because I'd like to see, I think, the same thing that you want to see. Like I, I and maybe it's. Maybe it's for whatever's next for Apollo or or who knows. But I'd love to see what happens when like Apollo Crews like really takes the gloves off and it's not about wrestling anymore. It's about no, this this dude over here that could hurt you, he's really ready to hurt you now. I'd yeah, love yeah, to see it that. does feel like it does feel like they can still, you know, continue this more so uh, with Apollo Crews and Grayson Waller. Like, I feel like this story could even continue even further. And I know, obviously, with Apollo Crews getting the win now, it's like, OK, well, maybe you can wrap that up and continue on from there. But they could take it to a whole other level. Again, I feel like this just ties back to what they've been doing, uh, you know, even prior to this match. And I will say this, too. I want to do sh- I want to shout out Apollo Crews, man, because uh there were some like some moments that he had in here where I was like, oh, he did that so good. Like the frog splash that he did. I really like that. Um, it's just he's a the fall away slam was really good, too. I mean, there was just a lot of like uh, high impact moments that I did really enjoy from this match a whole lot. You know, it'd be cool to see Apollo like really tear some people up and then get to a place where he's next in line for the NXT championship, because I feel like Braun Breaker a lot of times has these matches with like incredible wrestlers, right? Like tonight or, you know, like, like he's done or, or Tyler Bate or, you know, you could name a million of them, right? Even Dolph Ziggler. But I feel like you could very easily get Apollo Cruz to the point where it's like, Oh, I think he's just as powerful and just as strong as Braun Breaker. So like, we know what Braun Breaker does when he's matched up with somebody who's like maybe not as big as he is, but is an incredible wrestler. What does Braun Breaker do when he's matched with an equal? How does he cope with that? And and I'd love to see that kind of play out with Apollo. I think Apollo Crews would definitely be like a really great next challenger to Braun Breaker. And I'm glad that you brought it up because you're right on that sense. I do think that they can have a really fun match, especially given off of him coming off the story with Grayson Waller. I do think that would be like the the next step for Apollo Crews is to go in and, you know, be one of uh, Braun Breaker's next challenger. So that's definitely something there. Uh, we got a super chat here from uh, infamous Raider Loco who says, great Halloween havoc. I legit thought Undertaker was coming out. Uh, with Cruz and during the Cruz and Wall and Waller match, I, imagine that we would have seen the Undertaker. <laughs> Thank you to Infamous yeah. Raider Loco. I feel like if you've got the Undertaker on a takeover, uh, it would it would be like putting Stone Cold on the pre-show. Like you can probably <laughs> do more, maybe advertise that he's going to be there. You know, I. I uh... <laughs> Although he's right, and he said he was trying to mean pop. By the way, of course, the Undertaker I... would get like a freaking massive pop. That'd be hilarious. That'd be awesome. Actually, can you imagine if that would have happened tonight? Everybody would have been like, "What? The, what's going but on it, right now?" It's also like, how would Grayson Waller <laughs> or Apollo Cruz, God bless him. How would they ever get the audience back when the audience was just like, no, we want to look at the Undertaker. Done. Yeah. I think everything done. afterwards would be done. Like that's it. Let's yeah. just talk about the Undertaker. <laughs> yeah, what's he doing? What's Taker doing? 
That's awesome. That's awesome. All right, guys. So let's get into our next match here. And Sam, I cannot wait to talk about this one legit because these are two uh, two competitors that I have just been obsessed with. I think that their story together, the story that they've been telling each and every single week has probably been like one of my favorite things that we've been seeing from this new era of NXT. And that is Roxanne Perez and Cora Jade. I've been loving that Roxanne Perez came in hot. You know, she came in with so much uh, online popularity and that kept going. She won the breakout tournament right away. She, you know, she held tag team gold. She went for the uh, women's championship. It didn't happen for her, but she was still, you know, going for it. And then she gets into this uh, story with Cora Jade. And I feel like Cora Jade you know, she started things like the way that we first started seeing her on NXT. She was this cute, fun, young girl who, oh, my God, she's going to have so much potential and she's having great moments. But now she's leveled it up where we're seeing Cora Jade, this real, real mean girl. And we're hearing the things that she's saying on her promos, seeing what she did to her former best friend, Roxanne Perez. And I really enjoyed seeing that growth from Cora Jade. I love this, this version of Cora. I think her and Roxanne really just told a phenomenal story together. With that being said, uh, we're obviously got to talk about this weapons wild match because they went out there and they literally utilized every single weapon that they had out there. I loved that Roxanne started things off with the skateboard because that clearly ties into the attack that Cora Jade first did, uh, you know, when this whole thing first happened. But I loved that Cora Jade was just like, throwing weapons and trying to like get her to bring down that skateboard and it wasn't happening. It was almost like rock, paper, scissors and the skateboard was the strongest and it was winning. And then from, uh, you know, they continued on. There was a moment where I thought this one was brutal because Cora started choking Roxanne Perez with this like a rope, but instead of having it around her neck, she had it in her mouth and Roxanne's mouth was like a little bit open. So I'm imagining this rope going in between, you know, your gums and your lips ah. and that's such a sensitive area and your teeth. So I'm like, oh, this is not going to be fun tomorrow for Roxanne Perez. So I kind of liked, you know, that whole uh, visual of that. At one point we see Cora Jade run off they go into that platform where you guys do the show and they're up there and we end up seeing them both go down through the table that was uh, underneath that platform. Uh, I thought that that was just like a crazy spot to do. But at the same time, it was one of those things that I think this match it had to have, right? It had to have this moment because this is what they had been working towards with the story that they've been telling. They, they're they not happy with each other. And this is where, this is how things, how ugly things got and where it culminated to. So I got to tell you, this was fun. Uh, the ending with the Pop Rocks and Roxanne getting the win and doing the Pop Rocks on the actual chairs. Loved the finish. Loved everything that they did here. I thought this was definitely probably, uh, I would say, my third favorite match of the night, maybe third, fourth, because I'm I, there was a lot of matches that I really liked. So with that being said, Sam, how did you feel about this whole story with Roxanne and Cora and then uh, how it all played out here tonight? Yeah, it's some of that long term booking that everybody's asking for. Right. It was it was really cool on the kickoff show. We aired the clip of kind of when it first started. And they put the date under it. And it was like July 12th or July something or whatever. And I was like, man, how cool is that? That like something they started in July is getting paid off in October. Like, and, and, and it's, and it's still 
just as, if not more hot than it was when they first started it, in my opinion. Um, you know, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I thought, I thought that you're, you're right about the, uh, first of all, if I had known that those rails were that easily removable up on the crow's nest, I would have been much more nervous. You could have been back and that could have been the end for you. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't have been able to come back and finish the match after that. That would have been it. Um, yeah, no, I think, uh, I, so, uh, I, I talk about this a lot on my podcast. Like whenever people bring up like, oh, should there be maybe a secondary women's championship? Or do you think, uh, this title should be added to the women's division? I've for a long time said that the women's division doesn't need more titles. The women's division needs more stories. Like there, there needs to be women's matches on pay-per-views that are not based around a championship that are based around a story. Like that's never been, that's never been a problem for the men on the roster. Like grudge matches happen all the time, but it doesn't happen nearly enough on the women's side of things. It's always about who's going to be the champion as opposed to no, the whole audience wants to see this very personal issue settled. And that's what wrestling is. And so the fact that this wasn't a title match, this wasn't a contendership match, this wasn't an anything except this very personal rivalry needs to be settled. And men, women, and children who watch NXT all want to see this very personal rivalry settled. And that makes me happy uh, to see something like that. And then to see both of them rise to the occasion, it's always great that you're saying with the Court of Jade character taking the turn that she took, it's always interesting to me that like that when a when a character really starts to gain momentum and people are like talking about them, oh, she's gonna be the future, she's gonna be the future, she's gonna be the future. Like what happens when that character starts to believe the hype, right? What happens when that character starts to go like, oh, instead of saying, I'm just gonna keep doing what I'm doing and and plow along ahead, they go, you know what? You guys are right. I am the future. I don't need to deal with any of this. I don't, I like, I like every now and then when that turn happens and it's like you, you, you boo it cause they're villainous, but also they're not wrong. They're like, I, I have this attitude because I'm so good. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're good, but you know, we'll tell <laughs> don't say it. We know, but don't say it. Um, yeah, I I'm with you on the start of the match. I like that, that when she took out the skateboard, it was almost like, okay, I've learned your tricks, right? Like I'm now, pl- I can play your game and I can play your game better than you. And it was like, okay, here we go. Here we go. This isn't like Roxanne Perez is on board and let's go. Um, and yeah, I was super, I was super happy with the match. Um, and I, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was great for, for the story. I thought it was awesome. And let me ask you, and this is going to be a little bit of a spoiler for the, you know, a match that we're going to talk about later on. But with that being said, I don't want to spoil it well, for those obviously pretty much already know the results, but Mandy Rose did retain her championship. So I kind of feel after Mandy retained, because I thought that we were going to be seeing a new NXT women's champion here tonight. But now that Mandy retained and given how long she's held that championship for now, it's been, you know, a very, very long time. My prediction is that Roxanne Perez is going to be the one to end this reign for Mandy Rose. I think she will become the NXT champ, the NXT women's champion following Mandy Rose. Are you along those lines or do you think that there's still a ways to go for Roxanne to actually become NXT women's champion? 
No, I think it's very possible. When you look at the story, it's like the story that was told tonight was, okay, this rivalry between Cora Jade and Roxanne Perez started when Cora Jade cost Roxanne the women's championship. When you say Cora Jade cost Roxanne Perez the women's championship, that infers that had Cora Jade not interfered, Roxanne Perez would have beaten Mandy Rose, right? That's that's what is being said. So it's like, okay, once that's out of the way, the natural question is, can Roxanne Perez still beat Mandy Rose? Because you told me she could beat her before, like, and that's where, and 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 that's where I'd like to see it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and it's also, you know. In my head, I still go. I see. I still see for Cora Jade as being that person who is going to be the next NXT Women's Champion. But I don't know. Like, do you go from villain to villain? Probably not. Like, 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 would Cora Jade beating Mandy Rose feel like too much of the same to make that? Like, why, if it's going to be more of the same, don't make the transition. It's going to be a big deal when Mandy Rose loses the title. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, 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 I love the idea of Roxanne Perez winning the title and then having to defend it against members of all rosters, having more as as many main roster stars are coming to NXT as of late, you know, having Rhea Ripley come back to NXT and challenge Roxanne Perez and having, you know, Bailey come back to NXT and challenge Roxanne Perez. I think that's how you build her into this this person that's like you know this this little engine that's could has had more more serious challenges than just about anybody um i think could be a a really cool juxtaposition to what we've had uh for the last year or so with the nxt women's championship it would definitely be something different something a lot uh i think it would be like more just add to it like you mentioned because Mandy Rose's reign has been so long, whoever defeats her, it's going to be a big deal. They've crossed this new, uh, they've crossed on over now where it's not like, oh, yay, she's just the new, she's the new champion. Woo. It's like, oh, man, she was the chosen one to end Mandy Rose's, you know, X amount of day reign that she's now on. I think the last time I checked, it was like 357. And that was like a couple days ago. So now she's like at 360. I don't even know how many days anymore, but she's way past that, you know, that mark at this point point uh so it is kind of crazy to see that she's still champion and then on top of that whoever actually defeats her is going to be ending this massive long reign we got a super chat here from steven who says that this was his match of the night and i really think that a huge part of that was legitimately the story that cora and roxanne have been uh you know telling each and every single week on nxt it really gets you going uh we got infamous raider loco sends in a super chat saying this match was great the weapons insane spots but yes pop rocks on chair had to be the ending do you think she's ready for the main roster uh do you think that's still too early to say sam well i mean i don't roxanne perez you're talking about or for, for roxanne perez yeah, I don't. I I think Roxanne Perez would be good on the main roster, but I, I think there's plenty of work for her to still do in NXT. I think that as much kind of momentum and buzz as she has now, there's still room for that to grow. And she's so young; it's like, why not get the most out of her NXT run, and then go and get the most out of a SmackDown run, and then go and get the most out of a Raw run? It's just like there's there's just there's no reason to rush this thing. You could build something really, really cool. And also, by the way, I do want to say while you're reading Super Chats, just so everybody knows, like Denise is a very, like, 
cordial, polite, good host. She would never ask me any questions that were like untoward or 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 rude. However, she does have to read super chats. So if there are questions that you're like, oh, I wish Denise would ask this, but she would never ask because she's too nice. You should super chat them in. And then she would have to ask me. I love it, Sam. It it will just keep making me more. It will just make more money. So I'm here for that. Look, we're doing business here. I'm going to be like, well, I didn't ask this question. This person asked this question. That's it. And then I can't get mad. I'm like, Denise, why would you put me in that position? You're like, I didn't. I got a super chat. What am I going to? I got to read a super chat. The people pay their money. People exactly. pay their hard-earned money. <laughs> yes, yes. And take advantage. People watching should take full advantage of the super chat. I love it. Uh, Infamous Raider Loco, thank you so much for sending this in, BTW. Uh, and like Sam said, please do send in the super chats and we'll pull them up here uh, for sure. But going back to the point that you just made, there's no rush. I know we get excited about seeing people get called up, but I feel like with Roxanne and speaking specifically about Roxanne and Cora, uh, it's too early, not in the sense that like, oh, if they didn't go, it would like they would be bad or something. No, it's just that they still have a lot that they can do, you know? And it's like, wouldn't you like imagine how cool it would be? Like, let's say and who knows? I have no idea. I know the next NST premium live event is deadline on what they say, December 10th, whatever they announced on the on the show tonight. Other than that, I have no idea. But let's say they do what they did last year at WrestleMania and they end up back in an arena for a show, right? Whenever they get back to an arena, because Sean has said publicly that he that's what he wants to do. How special would it be if the next time they're in an arena, that's when someone like Roxanne Perez gets to win that NXT Women's Championship? Like, though, like that's a moment that you wouldn't get if you called her up now. Like you, you, you almost want to go like, okay, if there if there are still more moments to have, why waste them? Like we'll 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 get there with Roxanne. We'll get there. Yeah, there's still t- definitely lots more moments to have. That's for sure. That's totally uh, it right there. Okay, this next match, Sam, I got to tell you. So, you know, looking at the card, there were certain matches. I was like, yes, this is the one I'm most excited for. Yes, that's the one I can't wait for. But this one, I'm not going to lie to you. It flew a little bit under my radar. And now I'm like punching myself in the face because this ended up being one of my favorite matches of the night. For me, it was like the main event. This match here were at the very, very top. And this one was the ambulance match between Damon Kemp and Julius Creed. And with Julius losing, if he were to lose, Brutus would be gone from NXT. So I thought, oh my God, it's definitely going to be Damon Kemp. He's definitely going to win this match. Whatever, right? You know, that was the prediction going in. I loved this match. And the reason I loved this match so much was because it felt like a fight. They were literally pulling out each and every single weapon that they could possibly find. And just at one point, like throwing at each other where it wasn't even this thing where it was like, throw it and Oh, like the person catches it or it hits them perfectly. No, it wasn't anything like that. It was more so of like, I'm so desperate to win this match and get this guy hurt to get him into this ambulance match. So we can end it and call it a day that I'm just going to start throwing stuff and hope that something lands. And that to me, Kind of feels a little bit more uh, I, I, like if I'm in a fight, 
I just think to myself, Sam, if I was in a fight, if you and I were in a fight right now and we were like, we need a win, I would just be throwing things without like a second to even waste because you're just like, I got to get this win. And there was no uh, downtime. It was just go, 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 go. And to me, that just felt a little bit more in line with what would happen if you were in a legitimate, you know, fight. If I was in a leg legitimate fight like this, right? So I love that they did this. I love that they had, you know, uh, every single moment that they possibly could whenever you thought somebody was finally going to get locked into that ambulance, whether it was a crutch that got in the way or just a quick hand that got in the way, I thought that's really what made this match uh, feel really special. And this was a win for me. Like, they had a lot of really good stuff. Like, Julius doing that power bomb to uh, Damon Kemp onto the uh, stretcher when he put him through the, uh, through the little table that was uh, in the hallway, throwing the ring bell at one point. I mean, and it was just a lot of different stuff that they did here that I think it got very violent and just very enjoyable to watch. So even though on paper, this wasn't the match that I was like clamoring for, it ended up being like the match that I really, really enjoyed the most or one of rather. And I think that the reason for that is, and I don't know if people really fully grasp it yet for whatever reason, but like Julius Creed is a future world champion. Like, Julius Creed is the one like really look at what Julius Creed does. Go back and look at those Creed brothers matches and really study Julius Creed. If there was somebody to invest in now, if you could invest in superstars like they were stocks and you want to play the long game, Julius Creed is the one to play the long game on. He is so incredible. And you're, you're right about it feeling like a real fight. You know, one of the funnest things to see, from my perspective, which I'm very fortunate to have, is every now and then I'm in a, a, a spot where I can see that a match turns people backstage into wrestling fans. Like watching people who are wrestlers themselves or who are working or who are in this day in, day out, like watching that switch happen, watching them turn into wrestling fans is like one of the things that I just love because at our core, that's what we all are, right? And this was one of those matches. Like I, I was there, I, right, right backstage in the in the performance center. Everybody was glued to all the TVs and just like, oh yeah, oh, it was like, and it was so cool to see how into it everybody was that that is working there, that is wrestling there, that might have already had matches earlier in the night, that might have matches coming up later in the night. It was so it, it it was so cool. Um, I mean that one when he started just slamming Damon Kemp with that steel chair over and over and over again. It's like, dude, if you don't believe this story that they're telling you, I don't know what you'll believe. Like this is a guy who is fighting for his brother's career, and I believed it, and I'm on board and. Yeah, I thought it was very well done. The wheelchair spot, too. That was something that I feel uh, I had to mention. Because, that was very creative. Yeah, yeah. Not, not only that, but like when he fell back in the wheelchair. Oh, like, yeah, that was funny, too, because you were like, oh, that hurts. Like you can you can visualize that. You can visualize like going through that pain. Yeah, because you're terrified of it, right? When you're sitting, <laughs> like, we've all like leaned back too far <laughs> in a chair. And we're like, oh, my God, can you imagine? And, and he just and, and it happened to him. And then and then he got pummeled after it. Yeah, yeah. No, I thought it was. Uh, yeah, it was it was very uh, it's it's 
it's cool when you see stuff like that where they look around at what they have and think, what what can we do with this that's new? Like, what can we do with this that's cool? And I feel like that happened there. I completely agree. And I'm so glad that we're not going to see Brutus gone from NXT because I was starting to wonder, is this going to be the end of the Creed Brothers? I hope not, because like we were talking earlier about uh, Roxanne and Corey Jade and still wanting to have these moments. That's where I'm at with the Creed Brothers. Like the Creed Brothers are legitimately one of my favorite teams to see on NXT. And I can't wait to see what their growth is going to look like. I can't. I've already visualized these guys like on the main roster and, you know, all of these different matches that they could be having as a team. And to me, that's like very exciting because, you know, tag team wrestling is so fun to see. And the Creed brothers, I feel are going to be like top notch favorites someday. But with that being said, you're, that doesn't mean that you can't see, you know, Julius, like you mentioned as a world champion, because that's bound to happen. And we do have another super chat here from infamous Raider Loco, who says he said it future champ didn't want to think it because the Creed's tag team is awesome. But yes, future champion. Uh, You can have, I feel like you can have both things. Like you can be in this awesome tag team and you can also be this awesome, uh, you know, singles guide, you know, end up becoming a, world champion um so that it will be exciting to see for julius creed now we have uh two more matches to get into everybody but before we get into the last two matches i do want to let you guys all know that if you haven't already if you're here if this is your first time on the channel please make sure to click that subscribe button i just surpassed seventy thousand subscribers on this youtube channel i can't even believe it uh it's been a long time coming uh so i'm very very happy about that so please make sure you click that subscribe button but now let's go ahead and get into the women's match this is for the nxt women's championship and we had mandy rose and alba fire now this match kind of started a little bit differently a little bit uh rather unexpected because it part of it part of it kind of started early on in the night it wasn't supposed to but it kind of did because you ended up seeing toxic attraction going to try and find alba fire they end up in this like haunted mansion that reminds you of you know when you go to like halloween haunting you go through the mazes and all of that stuff and they're being you know spooked to death by all the things that they're seeing there but alba fire uh ends up you know attacking all of them and the last one she attacks is mandy rose and then she ends up sort of kidnapping them Andy Rose taking her in her vehicle and then driving away uh, with her until they finally end up at, you know, at the CWC. So they're there. They finally get this match started because Alba Fire basically drags her out there. And that's how this match ends up going. Uh, this one for me, like I was legitimately, I mentioned this earlier, but I was legitimately thinking we were going to see a brand new NXT Women's Champion. And even with the way that the match started and the way that the match was kind of going, I thought, oh, it's for sure going to be Alba Fire. So I was definitely uh, a little surprised when it wasn't. But like I said, that kind of made me think maybe it's going to be Roxanne who dethrones uh, Mandy Rose. But either way, there was a lot that I did end up liking in this match. Um, more so, I did love like all the interaction stuff that they did with uh, Toxic Attraction getting involved and basically ruining the opportunity for Alba Fire because when she hit that swanton, you thought, oh my God, this is it. This is going to be over. Alba Fire is going to get, uh, you know, to is going to get the win. But then we end up getting, we end up seeing the referee get taken out by accident. He's, you know, done and out for a second. And you see 
Alba Fire is clearly going to get this win because she hits a headbutt to Mandy Rose and then she hits her with the gory bomb, but there's no referee there to count this to count the to count the win. So that doesn't end up happening. And of course, like all happens, referee finally comes back once Mandy is, you know, getting all the help because she had toxic attraction on the outside helping her out to attack Alba Fire. And so Mandy Rose retains the NXT Women's Championship. Uh, what did you think of this match and how did you feel about the how things played out with toxic attraction? I thought it, it's so weird, like it almost felt like a throwback to theatrical matches. And then it made me think about the pandemic and had just how f- things were really weird, man. Things, and, and that's what I was like. I was like, man, remember when there would be like theatrical matches and we'd be like, oh, this is so much better because it's not just wrestling in a weird, empty building. And like then it was like, like it feels like a lifetime ago, but it really wasn't that long ago. And it was, and it just got me to think how like, I don't know, it just was so what a weird time that was. It but, was fun to see the cinematic matches because I, yes. I mean, obviously Undertaker AJ Styles was so much fun. Then you had the Incredible. Firefly Funhouse, but at the same time, like it, it, it does take you back to this period in time where you're like, man, life all weird. around was kind of a mess. It was a <laughs> all mess. around, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah. So uh, I tell you, I like I. So I was like, this is this is interesting. It's an interesting choice that's going on. Like. I don't know where I land on it, right? As I was watching it play out, they're going through the haunted house and everything. But I'll tell you what I liked about it was, I mean, like, Alba Fire, like, really came across as ferociously violent in this thing. When she was, like, just slamming the heads down on the table. And even, like, when they were in the car and she just slammed Mandy Rose by the face, I was like, I thought that's where it really added. That's where... Like you said, like, let's say you haven't been watching this story build up. You just you don't watch NXT, but you got Peacock. So you turned on, you know, Halloween Havoc because, yeah, I watched this NXT show on a Saturday night. And now throughout the night, we've built up like, yo, Alba Fire doesn't mess around like Alba Fire is serious. And and I felt like by the time they got to the ring, that point had been made where it was like, oh, my God. God, she is capable of doing damage. So I, I thought that was good. Um, I and and the fact that you know there was so much chicanery with the, the referee and everything and toxic attraction that did lead me to believe that who knows, like maybe this story isn't done. It doesn't feel like declarative. No, she's got to get some revenge, man. Because it's like Mandy had all this help with toxic attraction. I feel like Alba Fire has to get her revenge. How great. How great would it be if they did a women's cage match be between sweet. Mandy Rose and Alba Fire at like a pay-per-view at a premium live event? Not like a t- like yeah. like it at deadline or whatever they whatever. Like if they did a cage match for the NXT women's championship between these two, like I feel like yeah, I feel like just how high those stakes would be. That would be an awesome thing. And then yeah, I mean, now we're fantasy booking, but it's like... <laughs> That's it's like, like what always happens, right? Like, Of course, you, podcast, how do you not? It's like mandatory. It's like part of it. You're like, well, what if this happens? And the next thing you know, you're too far down. But Yeah, you but know, if, yeah. If, you, if you did that, right, and Mandy Rose was able to win the cage match, and then she's like, you know, nobody can beat me, blah, blah, blah. And then that would get you to next year. And 
you know. Oh my gosh, next year's already coming. I was I know. thinking, oh wait, he already got to next year. Oh shit, it's the here. in December. He's right next it's year. A- right. So then you're like, okay, maybe we can. Now it's January, so we can push Roxanne Perez to maybe that WrestleMania weekend. Wow. And by and by, obviously they would be in a different location. I'm assuming. I don't know. I would love different it. Location for I the actual show in Los uh, Angeles. Oh my God, that'd be perfect. Yes, yes, please. That's my city. <laughs> I'm so excited about WrestleMania being in Los Angeles because Sam. Here's the thing. I'm so tired of flying places. I'm so done. I'm yeah, done. Here's the. Here's I don't the, have to fly anywhere. Here's the issue that, like, if they did it in Los Angeles, they did a matinee last year. But Los Angeles is three hours ahead, so it'd be like seven o'clock in the morning. We'd have to go to NXT, unless like they push it like later on, you know, like later on in the day. But yeah, late, because we're or late night, they could do it yeah. late night because like they could do it at like nine o'clock your time, which would be midnight on the East Coast. That'd be badass. That would be crazy. But I mean, I feel like yeah, you're right. If they were to do it too early, it would be like breakfast for some people. It's yeah, it was tough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got a and this is the match that got people talking. By the way, we got a super chat here from K on Jared who says, "I'm tired of Mandy as champ, no cap." Feeling passionate here. Sheldon wow. Jackson says that match to me felt like it should have been Albus Knight, but made her look dumb with the numbers game in the end. So all that stuff was for nothing. A lot of people kind of feeling a little fired up with this one here. Um, Albus fired up. Yeah, there you go. Fired up for uh, Alba Fire. Uh, Dante NYC says, question for both of you guys. Do you guys think that they're making Mandy look like a weak champion because 99% of her wins are through toxic attractions interference? It's like Britt Baker matches. Thoughts on this? Do you think that they've been making Mandy Rose look weak because she has friends? No. I mean, that's what people say about Roman. And it's like, like Roman is the most dominant force in wrestling. Like, you know, the bloodline interferes. Yeah, the bloodline interferes, but then sometimes they don't. Like, it, it is it is what it is. It's a villain. It's a power move. That's it. It's a villainish champion. Like, you, whether you have people watching your back or not, it's like, if you've been champion for a year and your challengers still don't know, oh, I got to watch my back because sometimes toxic attraction interferes, dude, that's on them. It's not as it's like that's we know the pattern. If you can't figure out the pattern and figure out a way to win anyway, that's on you. Maybe she should have had some backup. Like, hey, man, if toxic attraction gets involved, maybe I'll have some backup. That's why she comes out with her bat, too. There you go. I mean, probably wouldn't she couldn't have used it, but or maybe she could have. But it's like, you know. Uh, but either way, thank you so much to Dante NYC. I love how a lot of people are really fired up about this one here. I think a lot of people are surprised. Hey, man. With uh... people, people are really mad that the bad guy beat the good guy. I'm not. I, I like that. That's the way it's supposed to be. And hopefully, this means that people will be like, "I really want to see a rematch." And if we're lucky, it'll be in a cage. I want it in a cage. Bring the cage. You got to manifest it. Uh, yeah. Infamous Raider Loco says, uh, "When do you think Mandy loses his title, and who does it?" And I think you kind of just spoke about that. You know, with it possibly being uh, WrestleMania weekend when they do their PLE for NXT for that. Uh, so I think that's kind of where we're at in terms of predictions for that. Um, all right, it's time. We got one more Sam, and this is the main event. And I'm just gonna say right off the bat. This was match of the freaking night. This was match of the freaking night. They got, they, they stole this. I mean, 
I have like a paragraph of things that they did here. And I'm just going to like highlight a few of these moments because Jesus, it was so great. Um, this was the NXT championship match. This is Braun Breaker, Ilya Dragunov, JD McDonough. And here's the thing about these guys is that they all are so different, but they're also hard hitting, but in different ways. Their styles are a little bit different and they all bring something uh, unique to the ring and to the match. And we saw that really, really play out uh, in this. I thought at the start, seeing JD McDonough be really dominant against Ilya Dragunov, I thought that was pretty great. We saw a coast to coast from Dragunov to both guys, not just one, but to both guys. So that was kind of a highlight of this match. We see uh, a little bit of like some team work here between Dragunov and Breaker at one point uh, and I liked it because it was all because uh, JD McDonough was kind of like enjoying the fact that they had brought each other down and he's there like clapping away being a little bit of a jerk so that obviously pisses them off really love that there was a moment where Dragunov just went off and started chopping both guys simultaneously it was like one here one there one here one there um that was really great too that was a really awesome moment uh Braun Breaker doing the Frankensteiner while on JD and then uh, Elia catching him and doing the power bomb spot. That was freaking awesome. I mean, it was kind of insane at this point. There was a moment where I thought this match was over, Sam. I thought it was over when Dragunov hit that fist to Braun Breaker. I thought that that could have been the end of this match. And then when JD hit the 450, I thought, oh my God, this is the end of this match. So there were two times where I thought, this is it. The match is over. But then from there, it just kept going. Uh, it just kept getting better and better. Like the match kept just improving. So I really liked this. There was a moment where Breaker did a, a double suplex spot on both the guys. That was also really impressive. Uh, the Dragon Senton and the Torpedo Mas uh, Moscow from uh, Ilya Dragunov. I thought it was over then too. But eventually we end up seeing uh, Braun Breaker get the win here and that was pretty surprising to me because I thought that Ilya Dragunov had it in the bag and maybe it was me because I really wanted to see Ilya Dragunov win but I really thought that there were so many times near the end where I thought this is it Dragunov's actually gonna win uh how did you feel about this match uh who did you who are you rooting for and how did you feel about it overall I mean I I I love I love a destructive force. I, I love, I still love Braun Breaker just plowing through everybody. Like, I think it's great. But what I really think is great is, I mean, he's the best example. When I was talking earlier about progress and the way the brand and people within the brand of progress, Braun Breaker debuted on TV less than 13 months ago and had not wrestled before. He didn't come from the Indies. He didn't come from you know, AEW or, or New Japan or Impact or anything. He came from, he's an athlete, came to the PC, trained, was on TV going, oh my God, like how did this happen? And is now this like insane dominant world champion. Uh, it's the definition of building a star, right? And it's, and watching somebody like that rise to the occasion is so great, especially now that he's really being tested. And he's really being tested against like guys like he had tonight in that triple threat. Like I don't even, I think as fans, we haven't quite caught up with the fact that it is so cool that Ilya Dragunov is a WWE superstar. Like that guy 
wrestling that style is a WWE superstar. That's crazy. It's awesome. It's so cool. The stuff that JD McDonough has been doing character wise, like, and the fact that he's changed his wrestling style so that it matches this sort of psycho character that he's doing. It might be my favorite thing on NXT to tell you the truth. I adore what JD McDonough is doing. I I believe it. I feel like he believes it. That's what makes me believe it. You don't see him break. You don't see him wink. You don't see him blink. You're just like, this is JD McDonough and his style in the ring matches his character. He doesn't, you know, start doing promos about how, Ooh, I'm a psycho crazy man. And then just do the same matches that he's been doing for years anyway. And you're like, okay. You know, it's like he, he truly has transformed into something else. I think that's what you were saying about having like people who you might think are like similar styles, but are actually completely different offensively. Um, And then you've got Braun Breaker who it's like, you know, in a, in a, in a previous era, Braun Breaker might have been a Goldberg type. Spear, jackhammer, win. Spear, jackhammer, win. But now it's like, okay, dude, that's not like, that's not what this audience is expecting. This audience, every now and then, a spear, jackhammer, hand in the air is good, right? Like, it's like, cool, like, you know, it's just a fun spectacle. But we want to know that the champion is going to be able to have banger matches. And that's the point that Braun Breaker has gotten to. And yeah, man, watching him hang with those two tonight and tell that story. And like you said, like the fact that there were two moments in that match specifically that you were like, as somebody who's been watching wrestling, as long as you have, and as much wrestling as you do, that you're still going, it's over here. This is it. Oh, it's not over. Like, that's like, oh, they got me. Like, they, that's why... That's why we watch, you know? I love that type of stuff. But I think what you kind of painted the picture of like, hey, Braun is, you know, just really like he doesn't come from this background. He doesn't come from that background. He's an athlete. And here he is, you know, holding his own ground against guys like JD and Elia. It is something where you stop and think about it. You go like, holy damn, that is pretty impressive. And that's kind of, you know, a big challenge within itself because it could have easily been a situation where you're like, you know what? JD and Elia were great, but damn, did Braun, you know, stink up that match. And that was definitely not the case whatsoever. Instead, it all flowed and, you know, just uh, ebbed really well together so that was really cool to see I feel like this match was you know I I mentioned earlier people coming in and maybe seeing the NXT product the new NXT product for the first time I feel this match was the kind of match that you would want for those fans that that you know still remember the old NXT that this is what they want to see and so it's stuff like this that I feel just kind of makes you go like damn there's some good stuff in there so I really love this main event I thought this one was really freaking great But with that being said, I still want to see Braun Breaker versus Ilya Dragunov one-on-one. So I hope that we don't just like forget about that or speed past that because that to me feels like that's what's on the horizon. Yeah, and I think that question is still there. Like what happens when that match, we haven't seen that match. What does that match look like? Um, I'm with you. I would love to see it. Uh, And yeah, I think you're right about this being an example of what the kind of, latest incarnation of NXT is looking like the kind of post 
NXT 2.0 world, right? This is kind of that third level where it's like, we're not giving up what we were doing in 2.0, but we're also going to bring back some of the stuff you loved in black and gold. Like let's, let's, there's no reason we can't have the best of both worlds. And I think that's what this match was. This is, this match was the best of both worlds. It's like, we can build those stars from scratch for the most part and incorporate the best wrestlers in the world. I mean, I think Sean said that in one of the interviews that he was doing that, that there is no definition of this is who we're looking for. And this is not who we're looking for. It's like, if there's a college athlete that is 20 years old and is, has got a resume like, Bianca Belair, for example, then it's like, of course you want that person in your camp. But if the best professional wrestler in the world also becomes available, of course you want that person in your camp, you know? And I think that that's, that's what you're seeing in NXT now. And that's, that's certainly what you saw in the main event. Yeah, I feel like that's how it's got to be, too. I feel like if it's just, you know, the one group of, you know, just all athletes, right? And, like, not everyone can be a brawn breaker, right? Not everybody can uh, go from athlete to, you know, be, like, a full polished pro wrestler, right? Like, not everybody can do that. It's, you know, trial and error and whatnot. So I do feel like having that mixture of, you know, even guys that already have this experience, you know, bringing guys from the indies, et cetera, or like you mentioned, guys that are, you know, big stars that make a big name for themselves. I do feel like you have to have uh, that balance, but that's just just like my personal, you know, taste and wanting to see that because examples like this main event is stuff that you can get when you have kind of like you said, this, uh, you know, best of two worlds sort of deal. Uh, we got a super chat here from Reggie Simmons. Thank you so much for the nice word uh, from Reggie who says, keep killing it, Salcedo. You're an inspiration. Thank you so much. That really means a lot to me. Uh, seriously, a whole lot. And we got another super chat here from Dante NYC who says, I agree with you guys about Mandy. I put respect on her name. How long before bronze on the main roster? That's a big question because I know a lot of people thought, okay, if Braun loses today he's going to the main roster and he didn't lose today which tells us his story on nxt is going to go on a little bit longer uh do you were you surprised or what's kind of like your thought process in terms of is this guy going to the main roster soon or is there still a lot more leg to do on nxt i think people have been asking when does braun breaker go to the main roster since like <laughs> October, whatever it was, October 4th, maybe of last year, like literally the second he was on TV, it was like, when is that guy going to be on the main roster? And I think because of that, like, that's a lot of anticipation that I think you have to or would hopefully uh, take advantage of. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Braun Breaker was in the Royal Rumble, for example. I, I wouldn't I would think it feels like there's more cooperation with NXT Raw and SmackDown than there has been in a very long time. Uh, so I would imagine that there'll be, I would, I would like to see, I'll say NXT representation in the Royal Rumbles uh, this year. But honestly, if it was me, if it was my choice, I'm debuting Braun Breaker the night after WrestleMania. Bring That's that. Yeah. Braun Breaker's the one to do that with. Like there are other people that you can scatter in and, Oh, that's cool that he's here. That's cool. But like, yeah, the, the the night after WrestleMania, Monday Night Raw, maybe Bobby Lashley's in the ring, maybe somebody like that, and like Braun Breaker comes out. And it's like, here we go. 
beefy guys on beefy guys. There you go. Oh my God. That, and, and that's the thing too. Like I feel like Braun Breaker would be that guy to do, you know, the raw after mania debut, because that's the person that, you know, would get, a very loud reaction would get this pop would get this genuine reaction from the crowd. It's like, Oh shit, he's finally here. Because like you said, it's been a very long time where people were like, when's he going to go to the main roster? And almost feels like every month you're like, okay, well, if he loses this month, he's going to the main roster. Okay. Nope. If he loses next month, he's going to the main roster. So it is one of those things where you're like, okay, at some point it's bound to happen. Right. I think it's one of those things where, you know, just because of how, you know, obviously his family legacy, the way he looks, the way he talks, the way he, you know, goes out there and this improvement that he's had in ring, you're, you just can't help but to wonder when is this guy going to go to the main roster. So uh, thank you so much to Dante NYC for sending in this super chat. Uh, we got K on Jared who says uh, W match of the night. Roman was like, all right, NXT. Uh, thank you, K on uh, infamous Raider Loco says uh, she finally takes the titles or who finally takes the title off of Braun. See, I was going with Elia Dragunov. So now that it's not, at least not right now happening, Elia Dragunov, I'm going to be honest. My goal, my my dream right now for this scenario of what we have, still Elia. If they do that one-on-one, -on -one, I would love to see Elia get that win. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing Elia for sure. Um, That's a tough one because it's really got to be like, who hasn't he competed against that could realistically be like, yeah, he's the one. Uh, I mean, look, it'd be real interesting if Julius Creed got that opportunity. That would be, would be that would be interesting. Um, I would, I would, I would really like to see what JD McDonough would look like as NXT champion, like as a villain NXT champion. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I don't I, I I don't know. I mean, it's it who it's really interesting in WWE right now because when you look at the title holders, it's like who's going to be the one to beat Roman? Who's going to be the one to beat Mandy? Who's going to be the one to beat Braun? Who's going to be the one to beat Bianca? It's like I don't know. I I I don't I don't know. But it's we a fun a conversation. We have a suggestion here from Sheldon Jackson because he asked the same questions. Thoughts on who should finally dethrone Braun Breaker. I believe that it's time for Carmelo Hayes to truly become the A champion of NXT. Carmelo Hayes is another one where, you know, he's been a two-time NXT North American champion. And, I mean, the guy has a lot of skill, not just in-ring-wise, but also just presentation. When he speaks, he's cool. Uh, he's fun to listen to. They got the whole, you know, they have everything with him and Trick Williams. A nice little package, a nice little presentation there for Carmelo Hayes. And I do think that Carmelo Hayes could be that guy. I think right now that he's not champion. I would have liked it if he would have been champion for a good amount of time. And had he not lost the title to Sola Sokoa and he would have been champion leading up until tonight, I really do think Carmelo Hayes would have been, I would have been like, yes, he's, you know, one of those guys to go up against Braun Breaker. But I don't think he's the guy just yet to defeat Braun Breaker. I, I for some reason, I just feel like he'll be on the main roster before he beats Braun Breaker. Oh, okay. That's a really good prediction. Like, I like I, that. Yeah, I feel like. I feel like Carmelo Hayes has to be on the main roster soon. Like he's I feel so like good. he's so good. He connects with the audience. Oh, when he told me he was stunting on these hoes on the, I mean, <laughs> so good. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, yeah, I just, 
I feel like they've got to have a plan for him on the main roster, you know, because he can't just show up. And but I, I feel like now is the time to start concocting a plan. And yeah, I mean, I'd have him on the main roster sooner than later. I, 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 I don't on SmackDown, even yeah. doing something with Santos Escobar. You know, there's just there's quite a there's quite a couple of options there. Uh, there there's quite a bit of what I think that they can do with uh, with Carmelo Hayes for sure. Uh, but thank you so much to Sheldon Jackson for that super chat. Alrighty, well, Sam, I want to thank you seriously so much. When I reached out to you to do this show, I thought he's going to say no or he can't or something. And when you said that you could and you said yes, I was like, woo! <laughs> I had like a mini celebration. I was like, yes, this is happening. Make some graphics. Go. Graphics are done. Promote this show. Get it out there. I was so happy that you said yes. So I really just want to say thank you so much because I know that you've had a long day doing the pre-show and then being at the event and then rushing to go back to your hotel to make it on time for the show. Uh, you have no idea how much I appreciate you doing all of that. Seriously. Thank you so much. Well, it's my pleasure. I appreciate you asking me. And, you know, I mean, look, the fact that we get to talk about wrestling, like <laughs> it's like, you know, I, I, I hope <laughs> That I never get to the point where I'm like, oh, my day has been too long. I'm too tired to talk about wrestling. Like, you know, I, I can't. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I, I don't want to be that guy. And I still am very appreciative that uh, you would uh, value my uh, input enough to delay your show and do everything. So uh, I appreciate the invitation. No, seriously, thank you so much. And 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 hopefully next time uh, we'll do something like this. I'll be at home so I can do it from my studio. So. You know, I have everything's nice. This is not this is not my usual thing. No, I don't care. I'll take it. Trust me. I've done the whole towel shows uh, where I'm with my little microphone and I'm with my little headphones and I'm like, all right, guys, what's up? I'm here with this really random background, which, by the way, yours is better than mine. Usually I've done mine with like the whole towel bed in the back and I'm like, oh, yeah, trying to make it look like my sheets are actually nice and folded. Yeah, no, <laughs> so this no. is actually so much better than the things I've done. at like the whole towel setups. But uh, Sam, before we go, uh, please let the people know where they can support you, where they can listen to your podcast and all of that good stuff uh well yeah as you can see on the screen there not sam on all social media uh twitter facebook instagram you know everything you can find me uh not sam wrestling is the podcast uh it's available every monday over on uh, uh apple spotify everywhere you get podcasts uh brian gewertz former head writer of wwe is going to be on the show on monday so uh that's a great interview uh, i think you'll really really enjoy it uh, and all of our, our video from the podcast, um, including the interviews and, uh, you know, little hot takes uh, from the show, are up on the Not Sam Wrestling YouTube channel. I have two YouTube channels. The Not Sam channel is non-wrestling. It's, you know, movie reviews and whatnot. And uh, uh, Not Sam Wrestling is the wrestling YouTube channel. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, I would recommend going over the Not Sam Wrestling YouTube channel and checking out the... Uh, MJF interview that I did. Hell yeah. Or hell yeah. Check that out, man. I have the links to that in the description box below. So just go click away and find all of that stuff that Sam just mentioned. But other than that, guys, before we go, do not forget to subscribe to the channel. Thank you so much for tuning in, whether you watch live or watch on the replay. Seriously, guys, thank you so much. Have a wonderful night. Until next time, I'm Denise Salcedo. This is Sam Roberts, and we'll see you guys later. Bye, everyone.